Hello, class, and you are listening to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold Reeducation. This is the show where every week, two lifelong friends gather to rewatch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon, Hey Arnold. I am not relinquishing my post and am fulfilling my obligations for this week, uh, and my name is Michael. Same, Sean. Neither of us are uh, abdicating jack shit tonight. No. <laughs> Which is funny because it's Labor Day, which is where like one the whole nation, I guess, is supposed to, strictly speaking, abdicate their duties unless you're like Panda Express, which I went to, which was open today. So they were they were holding it down. So thank you to Panda Express. This podcast is not sponsored by Panda Express N- in any way, shape, or form. No, it is not. So uh, before we get started with the episodes today, if you aren't already doing so, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and I need to change this on the template because Stitcher no longer exists exists uh good pods check us out on good pods as well which is like good reads for podcasts as i see it as i understand it um read yes (laughs) leave a rating and review especially if you like what you hear so other people may find the show and share it um i shared this with a i uh shared a link to our show on the hey arnold sub and I think uh, people are checking it out. Actually, Sean, I wanted to tell you, we have cracked uh, 3,000K listens and downloads. Wow, 3,000K is like 30 million. It is. It's, it is. It totally is. Um, the dozens are growing. And you can always break things down into... It's a factor, right? I'm really bad at math. Like, that's when we're talking about multiplication here. Okay, cool. Our listenership will always be a factor of 12. Yes. <laughs> So yes. you will always be the dozens to us. Wow. Um, yeah. The round table of 12. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can also check us out on, well, mostly Instagram at this point at PC118pod. Um, maybe also Twitter, which the don- domain name is still as such as you said, Sean. So we're going to keep calling it Twitter. Yeah, um, let's double check gonna, that. Yeah, I think so. I let's think it is. Quick fact check. I think so. Yeah. I'm going to be really upset when it changes. I know. X.com. Yeah, I mean, like, that doesn't it's got, sound dirty at all. That has to lead to some like, less than savory. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> places, right? Most, yeah, no, yeah it's still, probably. Okay, cool. Still Twitter. All right, so we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 17 of Hey Arnold. Uh, Eugene Goes Bad is the first half of it. And it originally aired on November 17th, 1997, written by Steve Vixton, uh, Oscar Kokoschka himself, and directed by Tuck Tucker, uh, R.I.P., who was, yes, the namesake for Tucker, in which, uh, after finding out that his idol is a haughty, primped actor, Eugene sets out to become bad. I mean, that is what happens. That is is exactly what happens. That is very much what happens. No leads buried whatsoever. Uh, Eugene's idol in question is a television action hero uh, named The Abdicator. Doesn't seem like he has, like, superpowers necessarily. I think he just wears... He's he a wears Batman. a. He's basically Batman, who kind of dresses like Speed Racer. Now that I think about it, with like the blue ah. and the white, the ascot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was a big Speed Racer fan that used to air on Cartoon Network, and I do miss it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just curious, Sean, just for some real life sort of parallel here. Uh, was there a character at all, or even an actor, or whatever, like an entertainer that you like idolized, or even kind of like hero worshipped at all in your in your childhood specifically? Oh my god, not like an actor or anything, but yeah. I mean, I was. I was a big DC kid, which is, sure. uh, yeah. you know, a not not so much a DC person anymore. But Batman was the big one for me. I really appreciated and took some pretty aggressive stances on the, f- the fact that Batman, although being like a rich, spoiled brat, did not have to have superpowers to contend with the superpowered mm-hmm. and be amongst the ranks of superheroes. And even more so because he was a billionaire playboy to like turn that lifestyle down effectively. Well, not turn it down, but like put that lifestyle at risk to be a vigilante was a he was he was the hero of mine for sure right on was the batman bruce wayne intersection the guy who dresses up like a bat clearly has issues he uh, he does have issues I let's, mean, let's not let's not ignore that the dark knight trilogy kicks so much ass i can't believe it really it, does it's like 15 years since dark knight uh i really want to definitely want to step up my uh, upgrade my dvd copies of batman begins in dark knight and trade up yeah. to that blu-ray life for those yeah nolan does not miss even his miss movies are not misses mm-hmm. for me i think i want to say like the obvious choice as like a 90s kid is like the power rangers especially with how like ubiquitous mm-hmm. they were in kind of their their marketing and their merchandising and whatnot yeah. So that's like kind of an obvious one. And like as a child, you know, everyone as you know, all the boys are always kind of fighting over like who, you know, who gets to be Jason on the playground, who gets to be Tommy or whatever. I was always, it's, I, I was always an Adam though. You know, you gotta get, you gotta, <laughs> that's uh, one case where representation definitely mattered. And he, uh, he did very well in the fight scenes. Um, <laughs> but I think in terms of just like, Oh, this dude's like, I'm ride or die for this guy. Probably even more so as a kid, more of like a balanced admirer as an adult. But like as a kid, I like loved Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had like one of his like concert tapes. He has a concert special. He did an HBO in the early 90s and people were always fainting and stuff like that in the crowd like you do. So I used to watch that all the time. I had one of his. Yes. Yeah. Um, I used to had one of his albums that I would always listen to. So yeah, that was a. That was my advocator. Also prone to like you know ornamental outfits. Kind of a kind of a real life superhero of a yeah of yeah the music Larger world. Larger than life for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see. Why don't we talk about the abdicator first, and then we can move on to Eugene because I sure. know like we have some polarized I think polarized takes on Eugene between the two between the two of us. <laughs> Thoughts on the abdicator? He has a poster in his room that just simply says that he is neat. Which I feel yeah. like the, Eugene, yeah. <laughs> in all honesty, might have actually created he himself. himself. He, he made went, that himself 100%. He went to like Kinko's and got that made up. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the merchandise in his room. Is, oh, it was like fan-made merch? Because there was a little okay. plaque by the TV that just said Eugene the Abdicator. Like, oh, oh, I thought that said like to Eugene a... from the Abdicator, but it was like... I don't know, because really? he would have had to meet him before <laughs> that. And it sounds like this episode was the first time you right, met him. Right, right, right. That's true. I mean... But then again, it's like, you know, like the fan club reps, the way those things work. It's like, oh, like I got a signed photo from da 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 da. But I'm like, yo, this was a script. This no. was a stamp. This was a stamp. This was a 97, oh, oh. bro. Come on. No <laughs> way. They didn't have cameo back then. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, Eugene. Uh, happy birthday. Abdicator. 
That was pretty good. I've never heard you do that accent before, and I and I, I think that it's adorable. I hope you do it more. Um, Thank you. He uses his catchphrase for both intimidating criminals and coming on to women. <laughs> that he does. That he does. Yes. Dual purpose. That's well true. Well done. That's, That's true. clever and saves time Very and brain space. James Bond. He seems like he has a smooth brain. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But it seems like it's like water wicking technology. <laughs> yeah, this one. This one like killed me. I think as far as like because people have tr- uh, have uh, speaking of DC people kind of take issue with like Superman being like, I stand for truth, justice in the American way. So here when they're shooting, it's when they're shooting the fight scene, right? And he's like, yes. oh yeah, you and what army? He's like me and the army of justice, honesty and respect for all citizens, regardless of race, creed, color or political affiliation. <laughs> so, so good and out of place, but also very relevant. Like very, again, very like virtuous as like all, all the, yeah. a lot of these like, child-centric tv heroes are like the gi again the power rangers and the gi joes of the world the more you know and all that very psa i guess Mm -hmm. um oh my god there's just so many i just wrote down a lot of quotes that he says um where's my apricot juice like i don't know like as far as here's this one adult character that we're only gonna see in this episode it's like it's an interesting take like he does have an arc but he does still come off as sort of like a dumb actor guy which oh, yeah. i guess is fine like you didn't need he's to, self-aware like, dumb though self-aware like, dumb okay very Maybe that's what it is dumb. When, mm. when he's like i'm a highly paid actor like yeah <laughs> you are a highly paid television I'm not actor. A, i'm not a real hero i'm just a highly paid tv star yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that clump brioche is the best one that he what has wait for, what is a mu- that sounds good but what do you picture there i've pictured like a risotto on top of a like a piece of brioche toast or something i have i have no clue it sounds nice though that's fancy the the first thing my brain went to was like it'd be kind of like a mushroom kind of like spread over brioche like a toasted brioche kind of thing yeah but then i realized that like all the like avocado toast thing i don't know if that was a thing back in 97 Perhaps not quite like it, as much. It, it had the potential to exist. But yeah. I just don't know. If it was like <laughs> the ingredient. The like, ingredients were there. The ingredients. <laughs> there were avocados there. in 1997 and bread. Yeah, I just don't know if people put them together in terms of like spreading <laughs> it as a butter over a toast. So I I had to check myself there a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like I feel like it would have said risotto if it was a risotto, right? If there was yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Either way, princess order. Very princessy. Very yeah. Very very prima prima donna. I suppose. Uh-huh thinking of like real life parallels to this like i think i know like there's a lot of like stories out there about like william shatner being like a total diva Mm -hmm. and you know like could barely fight to save his life which is the stunt abdicator like takes the whole ass hit like no no wires or nothing just like and gets flung into like a set light that would have made christian bale lose his shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) this morning i was so upset i could barely work out (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry so oh my god um <laughs> uh, everything about him was just like a a trope yeah <laughs> very much so actor. yeah ab- yes absolutely uh the real life parallel obviously like riffing on like arnold schwarzenegger and all that um even in the in the subtitles mm-hmm. too like the first time he talks it's like in schwarzenegger accent. oh is that what it said on on yeah. streaming service that shall not be named because yeah 
it sucks um but <laughs> yeah insert streaming service here for sure for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, shout, shout, shout factory couldn't be bothered to put captions on their dvd but it, it's okay <laughs> um apricot juice sounds good it does it does sound good i always wait apricot are apricots are orange right yeah like a yellow orange right oh, okay okay because i always just confuse like a- apricots with like melon like regular melons yeah like a yellow okay. into orange oh, okay for sure my mom would make like this like melon drink like super pulpy like when it was hot weather and it always that's i always pictured my mom's yeah like custom melon drink uh that she would make when i was a little kid whenever i hear Yum. him demand his apricot juice yeah very street food vibe because it because it uses all the pulp you know, don't waste yeah. the don't waste this uh, an ounce of that. <laughs> There's some red in there too in the apricots. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little okay. bit of red in, into them. I don't know if that's indicative of ripened or non-ripened. Mm. I I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to tell you there. <laughs> Me either, friend. So I think that's enough to have said of Maurice slash the abdicator for now. Mm. We'll come back to that yeah. in a little bit. Um, so again, this is obviously a Eugene centric story. Eugene kind of like I actually saw a tweet last night that said like there's been a lot of tweets about kind of like just character tropes in pop culture and it said something to the effect of like oh I love it when I love the trope of like nice guy finally snaps (laughs) and I guess this kind of goes there but it's not so much a snap as it is just like a devolution into like he has a hard couple of days here um he willingly devolves yes yes it is very it doesn't feel like so much a snap as it is like yeah this is just who i am now i know you're not crazy about eugene like so i'm (laughs) curious uh if for those of you who want further context please listen to uh, the full extent of sean's thoughts specifically on eugene's pet earlier (laughs) in this season um what did this episode do for you if at all regarding our favorite accident prone ginger my favorite accident prone ginger i should say (laughs) i can't speak for you your favorite i still think that eugene is a little fucking weirdo Um, okay from the very first moment like my first note is how did this blunt rotation even happen (laughs) i know he's like come over to my house and have let me make you rainbow bed (laughs) let's watch episodes of my favorite tv show my feet are in your face shoes on my bed please and it's gross in there too like Minus points for Eugene because, like, under his bed, there was, like, schmutz. It was gross. There was schmutz. I got to look back at that. Disgusting. (laughs) And also just, like, I don't know. I I guess I can't, like, super criticize him because I also have figures and stuff. But, Mm -hmm. like, man, this guy's whole room was, like, decked out. Weirdo. And also, like, you can't fantasize over somebody like that, man. Like, even as a kid, you got to have some semblance of reality, like. I you know he's an actor. Sure. You know he's an actor. <laughs> but I will say the one thing that I agree with Eugene on comes later in the episode. Okay. Um, specifically, it's when he calls out Arnold. <laughs> Make your point, Arnold. You're, You're boring me. <laughs> that should, you should just, like, grab that audio. Like, even if it's, like, a cruddy, like, audio. Actually, if you just use the record function on your phone. And you should just, like, throw that on your soundboard in your, like, dope-ass setup. So. That is a great, okay. great suggestion, my friend. <laughs> and I'm going to do that. Cuts. And then proceeds to not cut anybody else. I, he just I know. He just cuts. That's, I mean, like, that's how you know, like, he specific, explicitly has it out for Arnold. <laughs> like, yeah, he's not yeah. he's not really bullying anyone. You know, he's just kind of blowing people off. But, like, yeah, he is, like, kind of, again, targeting Arnold in some yeah 
you know, I very, mean, very lightly. So, but you know, he's lightly becoming a serial killer too. Right? I was gonna say his bat Eugene's bad room parentheses. See what I did there? <laughs> Makeover looks a little serial killery. The black paint, uh, the just Throws the everything out except for the mattress and the TV. No and sheets. The TV over. No sheets on the mattress. No, it, it reminded me a little. I know we're talking about Batman so much today. I like it. Um, it, it reminded like the mount the montage of him like trashing everything. It reminded me of the scene in Batman Returns where uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, in the role of Selena Kyle, like just like after she gets dropped off the roof and but gets licked back to life by the cats i still don't get it but whatever um she comes in and just like it's oh it's her mom's voicemail right her mom's voicemail in her yes. answering machine that has her snap because the mom's like you know like why aren't you married yet or whatever and then she just like stuffs all of her stuffs all of her like stuffed animals down the disposal her neon sign that says hello there says hell here when she's done um it's it's all yeah it's his it's his catwoman montage that's all we were missing was him at a sewing machine with some vinyl but he does spend the rest of the spend the rest of the episode wearing leather um life's a bitch and now so is eugene (laughs) yeah i mean eugene's always a little bitch butt cheek back of the head <laughs> i i really noticed that this time i guess because we like saw him like sulking and like walking and like you know just yeah. watching him walking away from behind that happened a lot today yeah you know. and honestly like he just copies maurice's hairstyle dude dude not okay so yes there's that okay good pull good point but i just noticed this too in terms of kind of like the copycat of it all he just modeled his like whole ass like bad guy aesthetic off of the guy that fights abdicator in that fight scene and i didn't notice yeah. that until my this most recent watch which yeah. uh, you know because so he kind of wants it both ways <laughs> it, I, I mean maybe there's some kind of like you know introspection he did in this and he's like oh i'm gonna make this a parody of the superhero and i'm gonna demonize his you know his memory in my heart by doing his hairstyle but being the bad guy and representing both things at the same time but i don't think eugene's that smart i don't think he thought it that far ahead i mean he I was trying to make he was trying to make a lot of like bad boy catchphrases happen like because it's there <laughs> later for you lit i i mean that sounds pretty mean i that don't entirely good. understand that one's it, pretty but, fucking good yeah i mean I'll, eugene like bad eugene is like honestly like He's a bad guy. He's he's not he's like a, heel. a fake bad guy. He's just a he heel. He over shit. But yeah. Like, he's a he, bad guy. He pulled the fire alarm on purpose this time. Like, solid he callback. He really did. Yes. Well done. <laughs> and didn't even need any, like, paper trail or breadcrumbs. Or peanut right butter footprints. He wanted to be caught. Yeah. That's <laughs> eh, not really my scene, man. Hell yeah. Very, very, very James Dean. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, para parasocial relationships are a very tricky business. I think this episode was kind of ahead of its time a little bit. Yeah, uh, there is. I think today for sure, people struggle with a lot in terms of just this like sense of ownership or entitlement over yes actors, the characters they portray, the yes. multi billion dollar franchises that those er- characters and actors are a part of, which are ultimately yes. owned by heartless corporations that. Don't give a fuck like whether or not you're give, give giving their give, you, yeah. <laughs> they're giving you their money For anyway. The people that work at their yeah. Which will absolutely feed into my Mr. Simmons moral, but again, uh we will get to that. Yeah, um, dude, parasocial relations are yeah. fucking weird. I don't know, like 
you see the people that like make signs to go to see their favorite like band or something and then the message is like the only thing keeping me out of the grave is you and it's like what part of you thinks that that's a great idea to say to like a person performing on stage it's a lot of you it's a lot of pressure like, <laughs> you're like oh wow that's so great i have to keep putting out music that is to your individual tastes otherwise you know something's gonna happen i cannot and people like oh god and there's people that like do that for like you know youtubers too like uh, somebody who consumes vtuber culture like those uh -huh. are super chats that show up every now and again too and it's like no, okay like okay i get that, where your head's at good but, point good point and i mean no. that's not to say that i think fandom is a bad thing i think it's like like anything it's like there's a line yeah there There's is a, a line. line there is a line absolutely so actually i'm curious like i mean you've gotten super into like the vtuber stuff and like yeah you know and anime and everything like that the last few years yeah. it's like you know how do you sort of walk walk that in terms of sort of like keeping things healthy and sustainable for for yourself and how you consume and uh participate within these fandoms i think the the baseline <clears throat> comes from my experience working at disney which is just sure. character integrity is a thing perfect and mm -hmm. that is a two-ended thing like on one hand that means that the character is the character you're not obligated to or you also are like signing yourself up for the disappointment if you try to find out what's behind the character the person who is the abdicator and the person who portrays the abdicator are two separate entities mm -hmm. and if you choose to blend those two things together then that's your prerogative but that's then the onus on you to not put that over someone's shoulders that maintains the character integrity of the abdica abdicator being the abdicator. And I ramble about that because for me, like, yeah, obviously I'm aware that there are people performing as these characters that mm -hmm. I've come to like really admire and enjoy, but they're performers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. You for know, sure. like you can appreciate the performer for doing their thing, but like, you don't need to form this relationship with a character knowing that they're not going to be interacting with you because you're not a character. <laughs> like, Although those people, understand. the people who do that, they're probably the biggest characters of all. Like they got that major main character syndrome. Oh. So absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really just a matter of checking yourself yeah. like, with, yeah. with anything, like check your bias, check yeah. your understanding. Like even with, you know, non character portrayal, True. like, any fandom like yeah. you get to have your own take on it mm -hmm. and i don't know if i'll ever understand either like gatekeeping or having a tier ranking system for how big of a fan you are and how much mm -hmm. better that makes you than somebody else like mm -hmm. no but people enjoy their shit the way they want to enjoy their shit <laughs> right on and to those people who idiots have trouble uh let me quote i think his name's Dwayne from forgetting sarah marshall i bet you think <laughs> strippers like you too <laughs> <laughs> you bet that's exactly what they think is that strippers like them too <laughs> more or less oh yeah. lord uh. foolish and that if you throw money at them that they're gonna be more big fans of you <laughs> god terrible uh, people uh, are weird man people, yeah. people are especially odd. including eugene horovitz uh in which case especially eugene horovitz yes yeah we don't learn his last name until like like I think two seasons more, but that's fine. Um, quick, quick segue into the gag runner on catch these phrases. This is the fifth utterance of I'm okay. Uh, nice. And now we are calling it uh, you good, Eugene, when we just catalog hey, when he gets hurt. <laughs> so there's a few here trips, trips on a wire on set for the abdicator. Shit. 
falls down a manhole for the second time. While, while saying boo is the best part yeah. of that, though. Boo! boo! <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> uh, fall and falls. My favorite is how he, yeah, just, like, clears the gap in the uh, rung of the fire escape ladder. Badass parkour <laughs> move, but also that's, uh, that's that Assassin's Creed uh, Unity, the one, I think the one in, the one, the one in France where people complained that, like, the parkour animations and parkour mechanics were, like, way too, like, overreaching. Oh, really? <laughs> I believe. I didn't play that one, but that's, that was the general con- uh, criticism I've heard for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like how like the random blonde kid doesn't even have a name. The one who like, oh like, hey, this no. this kid idolizes Eugene. Just get on board with it, you know? <laughs> but I do love how much of like a dorky little tryhard he also a is. Weirdo too. <laughs> Such a he's weirdo. just he's just a blonde palette swap of blonde freckled palette swap of chocolate boy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's a good way to put it. I think it might even be the same voice. Like I think I could be wrong, but like I mean it sounds like I'm just like, you know, the little raspy voice boy um so what if it's my bedtime i'm going out and i might not be back until nine o'clock <laughs> might not be back till nine o'clock <laughs> stupid uh, um favorite show you earnest for <laughs> uh, i do i do appreciate jokes like that um a lot of a lot of shows in the 90s would poke fun at themselves in that same mm-hmm. vein uh yo earnest man i need that as a freaking someone on etsy has to be making stickers of that. I will oh, probably yeah. go check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, they had better. Along with the Maho Mushi fan art. Can we just like, ta- I mean, if you, if you, if you want to pivot and just like talk about channel chasers, like apropos of nothing at some point, mm-hmm. I'm down for that. Cause channel chasers is one of the best things Nickelodeon ever produced. <laughs> um, oh yeah, absolutely. It's up there. <laughs> um, okay. So shall we fan cast uh, on Curly's casting couch? Are we ready for that? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we're ready. It's not as dirty as it sounds, guys. I promise. Um, all it's right. just a couch that you sit on to. Cast. And Curly will, you know, Curly will be like, uh, what's it, Craig Robinson and Zach and Mary's like, I love the movies. We are casting Eugene today, and as soon as I saw yours, I'm like, again, give it to him. Like this. It's only one person. Like, offer, no audition, just an offer. This is for you, the role you were born to play. Uh, yeah. So tell us who's playing. Eugene, um, I do have some chime-ins for the physicality that the character will require, but go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, everyone knows this is Michael Sarah's role. <laughs> there, I don't know if there is somebody else that could portray this character uh, to the integrity that we need them to with the <laughs> amount of... Uh, I, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> but this is just a Michael Sarah character. It is. Just, a lovable punching bag that you also don't really love, but also it's fun to watch them get punched. I mean, especially like Michael, like Arrested Development era Michael Sarah, like first season Arrested Development when like his voice hadn't dropped yet. Still very like sweet, but yeah. it's also like, dude, you're in love with your cousin. <laughs> like, what and are you in this doing? Episode in particular, you also get this is the end, Michael Sarah. Yeah, slash Youth and Revolt, Michael Sarah, totally. Exactly. You, oh man, Youth and Revolt, underrated. Mm. Um, <laughs> say cheese, baby. <laughs> Tip time. Complete with the uh, yeah, like douchey jacket. <laughs> Better if absolutely that windbreaker was, was something members else. Members only jacket? No, it was a windbreaker. That's it was right. like a multicolored windbreaker that Michael Sarah himself owned. That was just his jacket. Like he's like he agreed to do the movie if he could like pick his own wardrobe. So he just showed up to yeah. set in that. 
<laughs> dead. Oh boy. Um, speaking of dead, um, this is gonna be a very physical role, and I mean we gotta keep Michael Sarah in. You know we need to make sure he stays insured. Uh, number one, and, and we know from Barbie he can pull off red hair, so there's that. Um, can can. <laughs> uh, for stunts, I am calling in two uh, two veterans of the Jackass crew. I'd like to bring in Dave England and Danger Aaron. Those two can take a punch. I think Dave would be a little more funny in terms of taking the hits because he just always... I think of all the Jackass crew members, he's he's the one who just looks the most like he's fearing for his life no matter what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dave would be really good. I think that both of them could be stunt doubles for anyone that gets their ass beat in this show no sure. matter what. Sure, sure, sure. it sure. would just be funny to see either of them put oh. the outfits that match the characters. <laughs> I mean, Aaron could be Aaron could be uh, could be the brainy whenever brainy has to take the hit because he's already missing teeth. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just have him like slip out the crowd, slip out the cap or whatever. Uh, yeah. And oh, man, brainy could be an Ed Helms, too, though. Bra- he could. Yeah, he could be yeah. Ed Helms until the split second before uh, the fist makes contact. And then we yeah. bring in the stunt abdicator, the stunt brainy. <laughs> Good yeah. stunt abdicator doesn't even know. He's like, OK, go. he's like. All right, nice job. That's a picture up. Good job, stunt advocate. (laughs) Literally just gets thrown across. There's no way that he was intended to get hit that hard. No. Like, no way whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, my God. Before we move on, actually, I meant to to ask, um, what did you think of, like, the Eugene goes bad, like, the kind of, like, Terminator audio slave vibe a little bit? Oh, yeah. um, no, I was into it. I um, was into it. And I do it like was so good because it, it was, was just like aggressively not Eugene. And he just like literally, I forget he has a book. How to go bad? Hmm. <laughs> How to go bad? Oh my gosh! And <laughs> <laughs> like, did he already own it, or did he go to the library? It was probably standard like, Eugene attire. <laughs> Find a book. Just <laughs> ask the librarian, "Hey, I'm looking to turn into an asshole. <laughs> Where's the books on how to go bad?" It's in the same. It's like two shelves over from old timey diseases that have since been debunked from by yeah. modern science. Yeah. <laughs> it's the forbidden section. <laughs> Not in the restricted section. <laughs> Happy Christmas. They brought back the Eugene's hippo motif, which I did appreciate, and it like bled over to dun 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 dun, but with like jazz instead of like the like doopy like dwonky little piano, um, mm-hmm. and it like bled over to Maurice lamenting, you know, how he abdicated his duties. <laughs> I couldn't the sleep. Of time he spends lingering on the U in duties mm-hmm. is so good. Duties. My duties. <laughs> That was Maurice LaMarche again, like, just, like, hitting it hard. Uh, so good. So good. I had to ask. Yeah, he, carry, I, he carries the emotion pretty he well. He does. Like, like a like, dejected, yeah. It's sort of that dejected, like. I have like, to go I, to my neighbors to borrow a dictionary. <laughs> Meathead. <laughs> also, Arnold got a little Joey Wheeler in this episode. I don't know if I, I'm, like, just starting to notice it, but, like. Why are you doing this? Yeah, no, I think Philip Van Dyke was playing with that. Yeah, he was Philip Van. I think that's a uniquely Philip Van Dyke thing. I don't think any of the other Arnolds do that. Um, But we'll. I definitely want to be on the lookout for it at other points. 
Come on, why are you throwing these tomatoes at this big old billboard, eh? Why are you doing this, Eugene? <laughs> Come on. You got too many better things to do than that. <laughs> For Abdicator, I'm, the obvious choice, I think, would just be to like go with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that would be a little too on the nose, I feel. On the nose. Um, but in a similar vein, uh, I think like John Cena would do totally fine. Um, oh yeah! Did you watch Peace? Did you watch Peacemaker? Did you see that I have one? Not watched Peacemaker. It's I mean it's a very standalone DC thing. Um, if James Cute. James Gunn's like crass humor is your bag. Um, I know like mm. crass humor is very much your wheelhouse these days. It's in um, there, yeah. So I think you, I think you'd enjoy it. But yeah, like he similar vigilante who like with, with a lot of posturing and overall lacking in self awareness. It's yeah, Peacemaker is kind of the modern day abdicator. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I think he, I also, I could, he could pull it off. And of like the wrestler turned actors, he's definitely one of the better ones. Oh, yeah. He's in there ever since yeah. the Marine by WWE <laughs> films. WWF at the time, maybe. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I also went with a uh, a modern antihero superhero, and I went with J.K. Simmons. Okay. Okay. But specifically as J.K. Simmons. As J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think I would want him to do the Schwarzenegger. No, 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 no. Take. But I would want him to deliver the lines verbatim just in his best version of himself being mm -hmm. aggressively loud <laughs> and demanding. <laughs> Where's my apricot juice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's not his tempo. Um, but it could be. He could make it his tempo. Right on. Right Mostly on. because I just want to see it happen. <laughs> also, I found it really hilarious, like after the resolution like just the chain reaction of moral between like the abdicator to eugene mm -hmm. and then eugene to the, the little shit <laughs> blonde chocolate boy <laughs> blonde chocolate. white white, white chocolate white, white chocolate boy <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay they're both white <laughs> and then so are you <laughs> partially <laughs> Yeah, I can say this like half white, everybody. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> I'm sad that he doesn't come back because this is the only time that's the only time we're gonna Damn. be able to laugh at that. <laughs> Damn, that's too good. It's a uh, six six well, minutes. That's you like a hero. <laughs> the heck with yourself. Look out for number one and the heck with everybody else. Me to go bad too. Oh my god. Used know. to be that, and then insert like a million different reasons here. Uh -huh. <laughs> Someone I could look up to, a positive role model, humming, 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 humming. <laughs> like, it's just this laundry list. I'm like, I mean, I guess it's nice that, like, again, it's like, I think it's this thing I've heard. It's like, you know, you never really know. Like, you could be the very reason that, like, you're somebody's hero. I think, like, at least some, at least one person in this world, like, really fucking looks up to you or whatever. So it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, you gotta come correct and. You know, not abdicate your duties. Do it but for white chocolate, puzzle. <laughs> Precisely. All you got to do is do it for white chocolate. Oh, bro. my God. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think we're, we're, we're good and warmed up. Shall we get to the, the main event? So part B, um, speaking of very economical storytelling, where it's like, how did they jam all this into such a short amount of time? Um, the second half of this episode is the immortal uh, mm. what's opera arnold uh mm. written by craig bartlett directed by dan povenmire and steve saki 
in yeah. which, while on a field trip to the opera house, Arnold and Helga fall asleep and each dream that they and their friends are starring in the opera, Carmen. This episode fucking rocks. Yeah, Carmen amongst banger. a couple of other things. And I always looked forward to when it was this particular pair of episodes on TV. Um, yeah. As much as I loved uh, Eugene Goes Bad, I was just like waiting for What's Opera Arnold to come to transition to that. Very classy. Uh, to credit the composers of all these works at the top of the yes. episode. I, yes. I did not catch. I didn't notice that until just now. Just in case they were to watch the episode. Yeah. <laughs> from from beyond. Um, yeah. But apparently Carmen is like public domain, which is why it's been used so much in so many that things. makes sense. I mean, um, it makes sense with all yeah. of the songs that they use. Yeah, yeah. The billboard says cheese is good outside the it opera house, which is, is cool. I will wrong. say it is interesting uh, that I'm guessing they had this written during like season one, but maybe just held on to it for a while because we mm-hmm. see that Arnold still has a thing for Ruth. So canonically, this takes place before Arnold's Valentine. Okay. Because that like that whole experience like basically turns him off to like his crush of Ruth for the most part, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so just a little little context there. Um, ah, that's that's helpful context. Because you, uh, otherwise you thought like Arnold was just like flip-flopping and being all fickle I, about his crush on Ruth. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I just thought that Arnold just always has the hots for her until okay. Lila comes around. Sure. True. True. I Maybe. didn't even like register the disconnect. But now that you said it, I'm like, oh, I was just not watching the episode. I think they, I mean, maybe, maybe they even went so far as to like recording some of this originally. Cause like when Arnold mm. sings, it's the first Arnold. It's not Philip Van Dyke. It's Torin Cottle. Which like, also, I think he was the right person to say. Yes, and he pulled it off. We'll get we'll, we'll get there. So we yeah. are gonna go in order. Um, yes. So yeah, they uh, quick hey quick hey Arnold. He falls asleep instantly. Doesn't even oh, the give the first thing you do when you get to take a field trip to witness okay, the you fine switch. arts. You, you sleep. You do sleep. Is go to bed. <laughs> Bro, fuck you. Arnold. Also, he gets glasses to look at Ruth, even if it was just a that tongue cheek implication weirdo it was weirdo i it was yeah spy glasses indeed no, for sure for sure <laughs> we don't like it oh boy all. all right um these songs have been canonically have been stuck in my head for over 25 years which is really a testament uh to the lyrics that craig bartlett wrote for yeah for these pastiche parodies um but also the timelessness of these melodies so shout out to uh, Bizet, Wagner, and Leon Cavallo, and it said Mozart, but I'm not sure what the Mozart piece was here. Um, I couldn't really pick that out. Just so we have the context, um, can I Phoebe no- Phoebe's notepad these yes, things real quick? Do. Okay. I would love it. So obviously we have a few seminal uh, classical music slash opera works that are yep. referenced in this episode <clears throat> in order of how they are pre- uh, presented. First, we have Pagliacci, uh, which is an Italian opera in a prologue in two acts with music and libretto by Ruggiero Leon Cavallo. Uh, the opera tells the tale of Canio, actor and leader of a Commedia dell'arte uh, theatrical company who murders his wife, Neda, and her lover, Silvio, on stage during a performance. Uh, it premiered at the Teatro dal Verme in Milan on Teatro. May 21st, 1892. Milan, darling, Milan. Yeah, so a lot of operas, I think, feature murder or death of some kind. So yep. seems to be a running Tragedies. theme. Yes, very tragic. Ride of the Valkyries refers to the beginning of Act 3 of Di Valkuri, uh, the second of the four epic music dramas constituting Richard Wagner's Der Ring des Nibelungen. A little More bit of hard there. On the back. Run that back. Der Ring des Nibelungen! 
Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right, cool. Um, that's the dun 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 You've heard it. it we all know it. Um, and then finally, Carmen, an opera in four acts by French composer Georges Bizet. The opera is written in the genre of opera comique with musical numbers uh, separated by dialogue. Cool. I would probably actually watch that. Um, it is set in okay. southern Spain and tells the story of the downfall of Don Jose, a naive soldier who was seduced by the wiles of the fiery gypsy Carmen. Uh, gypsy <laughs> is a pejorative uh, Romani, uh, if you want to be a little bit more politically correct about it and like not homo- like genocidally racist. Jose abandons his childhood. <laughs> Sorry, I reread the uh, the plot synopsis. <laughs> gypsy had me like want to pull up the plot synopsis to Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it yeah. explicitly says how like Pro, Another uh, problematic tragedy. Yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Jose abandons his childhood sweetheart and deserts from his military duties. He abdicates, some might say. Hello. Parallel. Huh. <laughs> Yet loses Carmen's love to the glamorous Torero Escamillo, after which Jose kills her in a jealous rage. The depictions of proletarian life, immorality and lawlessness, and the tragic death of the main character on stage broke new ground in French opera and were highly controversial. Just before... The moment passes the i mean obviously there's a french version but the french version of the note the hunchback of notre dame there are these legendary performances um from it and the best song on the entire thing is just called bell and it's the characters that portray quasimodo rollo and i forget the knight in shining armor uh, phoebus phoebus yeah but the three of them are three different registers. So oh. Quasimodo is like a super deep bass. And uh, Ibis is like a mid-range, like, I guess kind of like a... Well, I guess no. Rolo is that mid-range. Mm-hmm. And then Phoebus is the almost like all, like alto male voice. Oh, really? Um, but the three of them in sequence, like, talk about their relationship and kind of like obsessive, obsessive nature with... Uh, Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And it's incredible. Highly recommend. Uh, I'll send you the link after this. Please after do. This episode. Please but, do. Uh, yes. French opera goes hard in the motherfucking. Place. I was going to say, have you like actually like attended or like watched an op, like gone to the opera? I have gone to an opera. I've not gone to a French opera. Okay. But I would. I definitely would. For sure. And I wouldn't fall asleep, Arnold. <laughs> Uh, yeah, your your grandparents definitely ponied up the dough for the admission to this performance. You're, and obviously, they're not pulling in a lot of money because they're having a lot of trouble picking up, uh, collecting rent. This was probably no problem for Helga with the Beeper Emporium, uh, that Beeper Emporium money. I mean, her dad bought the tickets to Rats, you know, yep. so he can he's, he appreciates, you know, the performing arts. Oh, yeah, he can get Broadway tickets. <laughs> Easy. These are third row center, center seats. Yeah, he's he's bought. Yeah. He knows he knows Olga likes that shit. <laughs> yeah. I got I you got tickets you. for that big Broadway show you've been dying to see. <laughs> okay. What episode that was. Yes. What a weird, weird episode that was. <laughs> We've come a long way since season one. Um, but yeah, man, let's just go right into it. Okay, so he falls asleep. Arnold sees himself on the stage, <laughs> and the first thing he sees, like ba- bathed in spotlight, is a. Uh, Harold dressed as Pagliacci. After Gerald not being able to hold a note. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, he was, I guess he was just, I think that maybe he was, oh, Figaro. That's the one Mozart thing, because he does the marriage of Figaro. That's the, there we go. Oh, I was like, my hello. God. We, a... were, we referenced Amadeus, like, a couple, wow. like, last week or some pre, prior episode. Um, there we are. I should watch wow. Amadeus again. What a great movie. Um, Hunchback, Amadeus, Hunchback Amadeus. Connection, Tom Hulse. Amadeus, Amadeus. Quasimodo. Come on, y'all. And Six I, degrees of Kevin Bacon. I Look do love Rock, Rock Me Amadeus by Falco is one of my favorite 80s songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. 80s is a... Yeah, that's an entirely another different podcast of, of good conversation. Okay, so what do you... Um, bathed in spotlight. So what do you think of... Uh, the star. Just of Harold's, Harold's vocal solo. <laughs> Banger. Hits, hits his notes clean enunciates really really well <laughs> although there's not that many difficult kind of transitions between like consonant to vowels in the sequence yeah. that he gets but something about insert voice actor's name here uh, justin shankaro something about justin shankaro shankaro yeah shankaro justin you are so good at weaving in like the whiny cry mm -hmm. out of nowhere and having it not feel like a novelty, but it feels like Harold is genuinely on the verge of tears. Mm -hmm. And it's endlessly impressive, <laughs> it especially is. after delivering, I would say, probably the best vocal performance in this episode sequence of songs. Okay, okay. Um, right up top, you're giving it to Harold. I think I think that this is the first place one for me. There's, It's a close contention, mm, and I won't. Okay. I, to, my, I told Michael before this podcast to keep me in line, so I'm going to try fine. to keep myself okay. in line. It's okay, it's okay. Divine. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well done. It's it's like, yeah, on he, it's, he can turn it on and off like you're stomping, like you're like toggling an effects pedal, like yeah. playing guitar, yeah. going from like clean to distorted. Like, and uh, he goes into it yeah. from like, <laughs> big, big <laughs> and again and again i'm so excited for that they basically just take that take that pagliacci riff and they just slot it in later in the show whenever like harold is having some kind of emotional breakdown <laughs> for something because they know they struck gold with this <laughs> they know no i'm so excited for it to come back uh <laughs> It'll be a, it'll probably be a little while, but that's okay. Uh, boy, okay. Um, so then we're firmly in Carmen Land. It's Habanera, which yeah, you hear all the time again, like da 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 that that whole bit. Track. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm like, good God, like this shit was written in like the 1800s, and it's just like such an earworm. Like, yeah. I've like i'm like i just kind of want to like listen to carmen while i'm taking a shower later it's after specifically this. <laughs> like the the bass string line dun, underneath dun, it though dun, 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 yeah so yeah so smooth um yeah just like that muppets uh, habanero video i sent you before this yes did you yes. have a chance to watch it before we rolled yes <laughs> okay yes. yeah the swedish giving the swedish chef the bass notes was was just yes. the right choice inspired bork 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 and then it's Beaker with the melody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you're listening, go check out. Just type in Muppets Carmen, and yeah, you're welcome. Ruth was all right. I think it was, it was actually Lacey Chabert singing, so that's cool. I didn't know she could sing. Um, Who's in it? I just like, I do like the chorus the best. Like, they burn oh, burn hair, you're standing there. Why don't you introduce yourself to Ruth? But like I think a flower blossom. <laughs> I know she's wicked awesome. So stinky and sitter the best. They're so good. What, are so they both sitting? Are they both sitting on horses slash donkeys? 
Or is it just Sid? No, Stinky is standing uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. holding the lead. Oh, he's holding the rain. <laughs> yeah. And Sid is just sitting on there perfectly placed throughout this episode yeah. i have to say it's I it is say for just... ruth the way that she lingers specifically on charmin and breather mm -hmm. is very very good that was very, that very was good she I, lingers into them i and... think lacy chabert has some like musical theater experience like you yes. can kind of tell yeah these it's, are like actor kids delivered so well those, <laughs> are the, those are the words that arnold is going to be like so the words are the phrases that Arnold's going to be listening to that are going to hook him in and hook yeah. any, any of the characters in. He's he's um, a he's a he's a he's all a titter, you know. Yes, I think I'm using that correctly. Which brings us to the next uh, the next song in the set, uh, Arnold's Habanero verse. Which again, <laughs> it was awesome. Just like he's like stumbling through it. Like yes. he's not. He's probably he's shy. He's nervous. He's also a little aroused, probably, <laughs> like because it's Ruth. But that's why he said, "Do you like my pants?" Because he's trying to. <laughs> this the south of France, his satin pants, his underpants. Uh... <laughs> yes, it's time for your decision. <laughs> it's almost intermission. <laughs> playing the straight men in this episode is yeah. so good. Hey Arnold, number fifty-two. Uh, just keep keeping track there from Gerald, and then we go to Ride of Brunhilde, uh, which is a reference to Ride of Brunhilde. Brunhilde. That was this. I forgot. I mean, like, I don't think it doesn't sound like she. She might not have like singing experience, or might not have had singing experience at the time. But like with everything Helga related, like Francesca Smith, like just throws through her whole butt into it. And I will you, argue you really against got that. You don't think he didn't like it? No, I think that she has vocal training. Okay. Because I think in this first bit, she is 100% like in Helga mode. Uh -huh. Okay, but good then, point. Good point. Good point. But then her next verse, the way that she plays between like the delicacy of like shouting herself out. Ah, but okay. Also the Helga mode of being just like kind of like brash Derisive and really strong and, and direct. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, that's i would argue just as difficult yeah. as what harold did a good point um, and singing in character is crazy hard like for yes. these like animated properties these you know yes. animated musicals and things like that yeah she does this like intersection between like soft tittering voice uh -huh. that still feels like helga uh -huh. and then goes into the helga that you really know in an eight count uh -huh. it's, it's impressive <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just reading the lyrics. It's so good. Oh my god! I just like if we ever get a chance to talk to like Craig Bartlett, like I just want to ask him about like how the fuck he wrote all these. It's so like. Oh, a Viking. <laughs> sure, it's exciting. <laughs> to show my contempt, her picture a shred. So oh good. my god. Very very. I good. like the neon, the flashing football head sign is the funniest thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> the visual <Football> element. <laughs> Golden magic slingshot. Golden magic slingshot. <laughs> I thought golden magic slingshot. I thought it was spear and a magic helmet. No. <laughs> it's like golden magic, magic slingshot. Doi. <laughs> oh my god! I know we're just quoting. We we never do this. Indulge us. We Sean and I. We both have a great love and appreciation and respect for music. So this is like serving up on a silver platter oh, yes. this episode is was made for us um and yeah this makes me want to watch what's opera doc uh later on after before i go to bed you won't is, 
Uh, it was on Vimeo. I checked. I'll actually, I actually will most likely. Nice. Um, and yeah, Craig Bartlett has been. Uh, he, he's very vocal in interviews about like his his uh, appreciation and like love of Looney Tunes. So like even like with the name of this episode that shines through that one always made me sad because it's like oh like he actually kills bugs bunny but bugs bunny's faking it so it's all good now to carm helga's her name's carm helga and you two should meet (laughs) come join my band of gypsies we're touring touring 50 50 cities cities. (laughs) such time (laughs) out of pocket it must have been so fun recording this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you just get that line read and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. And then um, I'm just happy. I always kind of forget. There's so much happening in this episode and it's crazy. They crammed this shit into 11 minutes. Like all of this, all of yeah. the, all of these songs, like all of these like wild, like character moments. Yes. Like even if it's in a fantasy it's all in it's all like true to the characters which is which is really cool in which case yeah we get to see a different side of curly this is probably <laughs> um he really he sees himself as like as like a little is like as a student of elvis apparently mm-hmm. his little utterances are like thank you very much <laughs> it's so very much. fucking amazing <laughs> um adam wiley i think like and he like he he's a great singer i i just love yeah I love, yeah. I think Curly's, this is, I mean, this is definitely the stuff. These are the words I remember the most, like over the last 20 plus years, I could still like sing this whole song, like off book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, the tour, the, this, uh, the Toreador song has so many just like, rem- like memorable, iconic melodies in it. It's just check out my cuspidor, which is a spittoon. Yeah. I'm what you're looking for. Helga, won't you dump this guy and come to my bullfights? Bullfights and sword fights rolling in manure. Blows to the head. I can endure. Fighting bulls is all I want in life. Plus, I could use a wife. Oh, my God. So good. I just thought he's still wearing his like glasses and stuff. I don't know. He's wearing like the just the bullfighter outfit. It's I, I just love everything about it. It's it's all time. It's all time. <laughs> this entire episode is all time. And the fight scene is great too. Yeah, with their little like cone swords, and you can hear like they folded in like co- little mm-hmm. parking clones like yeah. knocking together, which I really uh, respect. <laughs> yeah, the sandbag is a moment I remember forever i will always remember it because it's so funny the sigh of relief he gets and then it just tears open and slowly and just it is like a slow stream yeah yeah it's like an hourglass <laughs> and that like you of course eugene's in the stocks like the whole episode the whole time because why wouldn't you be yeah because he just did 12 minutes of being an asshole that's what that's his comeuppance for going bad uh-huh <laughs> i mean when you hear those melodies i'm just curious like the that like habanera and all that stuff um and and uh like what comes to mind like like the way like where it's been used that's a tough question because for me i swear to god that that last bit i swear that was used in like commercials for like jingle all the way it's often used in like slapsticky comedies of the in like in the nineties, like particularly around like holidays or whatever. Like it's just got that bombastic orchestration, you know. Yeah. I just picture I picture I, I, I picture Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger like fighting each other in a toy store when I hear that music. Yeah. No, it's it's up there. I think most of these songs are put to fireworks. 
So yes, you know yes, I mean? yes, like yes, yes, yes. Those are often put together with mm -hmm. fireworks. Habanera? Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I could place anywhere that it's okay. specifically ha used. Have you seen top. Have you seen the mid 90s Street Fighter uh movie with Ming-Na yes. Wen as Chun-Li? It's like the scene where they get uh Ryu is getting ready to cage fight Vega. They play habanero behind that when like, oh you know, he, he does his little backflip, you know, victory animation and stuff and like, you know, makes all the ladies swoon, like the yeah. build up, the build up to the fight and they rip off Ryu's shirt and stuff. And wow, would not have placed that. Thank it, was you. A, it was also like all, a bunch of this Carmen music was also uh, used in the original Bad News Bears. Um, mm. I can't speak for the uh, the remake with Billy Bob Thornton, but yes, the, the, the original for sure. Damn, it might be this though. I mean, maybe this, maybe this is like it popped into my life early enough where it was the first representation of these songs and it's been like the primary and like, it's been what you yeah. relate it to when you hear it elsewhere oh totally yeah <laughs> good on you good on you hey arnold great yo yo Ernest. <laughs> uh i wonder how much uh better or worse that yo Ernest is than hey arnold um Hopefully he's not a dick bag. Yeah, I mean, if it's good enough for white chocolate, you know, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be pretty good. <laughs> white chocolate boy. White chocolate boy. Sorry, white chocolate white boy. White chocolate boy. Vanilla thunder. <laughs> Get the fuck out of that. <laughs> oh, boy. I, Cafe <laughs> Dude, like, a bullfighter. Like, like ah, Curly, you just, you don't disappoint. And I just like, a, a, fa a, a fan cast for Curly just clicked for me. And mm. I kind of don't even want to write it into the into the chart because I just want to like, I just want to blow your mind with it when we get to Curly Snaps uh, next season. Oh, hold um, on to it. Okay, for hold sure. Hold on for to sure. it, my friend. For sure. I'll um, be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of it. I think. I think that's that's all there. I mean, it just you know everything. The set comes crashing down. Kind of scary. I remember it scaring me a little when I was a kid. Um, yeah, yeah. Just in principle. That is a scary moment yeah. for sure. Because I forget. Wait. Okay, yeah, because it then because it's Arnold's is it, oh no 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 it's Helga's Helga's dream it's is Helga's, like Helga's yeah. dream is the second half which is why like she's like almost gonna hook up with Arnold and then da da da, da. yeah she's they're about sad to make that out it ended, on stage <laughs> oh man wait a minute uh, we'll get there though we'll get there any stray thoughts sir in the head um, Arnold is an asshole <laughs> in both of these episodes both of these are net negative episodes for Arnold I would okay. argue. Um, so he is uh, now two seasons and 17 episodes in the negative <laughs> out of wait, two seasons and 17 episodes. Wait, besides falling asleep, where else was he Was he at fault here? So specifically, it was falling asleep. Okay. But it was also getting the opera glasses and not using them in opera oh, whatsoever other than okay. to look at... To ogle at a... Uh, packed, yeah. packed bust. And was Ruth... Was, I mean, maybe we only see Ruth, but it's like, are we to believe she's like the only like sixth grader that's on this field trip? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do think that Arnold was okay in Eugene Goes Bad. He could have been a lot more like uh, <clears throat> nagging and meddling in yeah. Eugene's affairs. You know, he was he was neutral in that episode. Yeah. So all in all, this is another hate Arnold season. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let me see. So thank you for rocking with us today. Uh, this is one of our longer episodes, even after the edit, but I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm going to have a lot of fun coming back around to edit this one. Um, please join us for next week in which Sean will be taking us through Tour de Pond and Teacher Strike. Uh, so time, very timely. 
um, because it's about striking and how uh, one episode's about strikes and then the other episode is about how rich people are assholes, uh, especially when they have two last names. And I'm, I'm not going to say anymore because, again, we're, we're going to bring that. I, will, I just want to have a good laugh about that uh, next time we actually do yes. talk about it at length. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, I have a Mr. Simmons moral in the chamber for Eugene Goes Please Bad. Do. Okay. Um, yeah. Very simply, don't make a fictional character or an entertainer or an inter- or any intellectual property really your whole ass personality love what yeah. you love but like just know when you gotta step away for yes. for your own for your own uh, you know sanity Set and a healthy boundary for yes yourself. for for sure but still love it loudly yes you get to love things loudly and that is a-okay there you go then let's see here uh what's opera arnold i just just be polite just Try to try to stay awake during the opera. Be present. Be what present. <laughs> I stayed awake through. I stayed awake through. Okay, I mostly stayed awake through like all the plays that we had to watch in high school. Oh, um, I stayed awake through every single one. Yeah, because I, somebody worked hard to make it happen, and the performers on stage worked hard to remember all their lines and perform it for us. Dude, Blood Knot was insane. That I do remember being really like captivated by that. <laughs> no, it, it the the moral is be present. Be present. It's, it's be present be present and if you can help not multitasking in too many things at once especially in an <laughs> era where we have phones video games everything else try and try and give something your attention man that's For the best sure. way to take it in you wouldn't be able to have these wild fantasies mm. if you didn't take <clears throat> in the source material mm-hmm. and don't get opera glasses for nefarious purposes don't Please. buy those glasses to stare at girls, dun 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 something pearls. I don't know. I, I should have, I should have come up with something earlier. Um, oh, you can go again. I can't. I can't. You I can't work. Back. Don't eat raspberries. <laughs> Please don't eat those raspberries. <laughs> <laughs>